together, yes. especially in the yes. series that we worked on. Yeah, and, and those were fun to write. Son. I asked my son, you know, the, the, the one scene I was doing, I'm like, will this work? Because he's he's a uh, Jaquito black belt. And and I'm pointing back there because he's in the other room. <laughs> he might pop in and, you know, wave and, you know, be obnoxious. But, um, but yeah, you know, that's the only reason why I got those scenes right. Um, because of him and his Jaquito teachers. So well, and all my combat is that. That's the thing, though. If you if you don't know, you find somebody who does know. Or, you know, like I had said before, I used to watch YouTube instructor videos on the different types of combat, the different uh, self-defense techniques, because understanding the mechanics of it and seeing somebody explain it in slow motion, as they do in, in instructional videos, really helps you figure it out. And then if you have someone brave enough to play with you, and you can work the scene out in real time, then you get a better feel for it, which translates so well to the page. Yes. And it's nice that we have YouTube for things like that. Like not everybody's going to be able to find a LARP group near them or not everyone's going to be able to find heavy weapon fighting. So the fact that we have the resources to be able to do your research is great. And you can really tell when authors don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I really try to let new authors know. <laughs> <laughs> learn like, to fight do your research. And learn. <laughs> yeah. absolutely oh my goodness yes I, it bugs the crap out of me when i see that the details which could very easily have been corrected were just let slide because the author didn't do the research necessary you know and, and the saying is always yeah. write what you yeah. know but if you don't know it learn it in some form mm -hmm. there are resources out there there's so many resources that are out there but let's not get too deep into the weeds before we <laughs> before we go completely off track. Although I don't think this is actually off track for our topic this week. Anyways, no, it's welcome everyone to Spilling Ink. We are the talk show that takes you behind the book to meet the authors and professionals in the publishing industry. And we've got a really amazing author to introduce you guys to this week. Honey, welcome. Tell us all about your books. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Tahani Nelson. I'm the author of the Faye Chronicles. It's a female-led military fantasy series. So if you like women leading armies and forging destinies and wearing armor that actually covers all their vital organs, I'm your girl. I love that picture. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. I am so sorry to people that are watching right now. I know that most of my readers know that I almost always do interviews in armor. And I'm not, and I'm so sorry, it just didn't work out tonight. This is what I actually look like in normal human clothing. And I know that's a disappointment to all of you, but we're going to get through this. I'm going to have at least one reader that's all like, where's the war paint? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. Put on lipstick, come on. You what started it though? No, I, I like this because yeah. it's it's on brand. And what are we always telling authors? Make sure you got your brand nailed down, right? It is so on brand. It is such a striking and memorable view. When you see somebody come in in full armor, they are dressed the part. They are, are clearly understanding of what they've written in the book. So it, how did that start for you? The armor actually started because I found out pretty early on that I do my best marketing at Renaissance festivals. I saw more books at Renaissance festivals than anywhere else. And originally I was wearing a, a really nice dress. I was wearing my wedding dress actually for the first couple of years of these Renaissance festivals. And then I realized that if I'm gonna sell books about women warriors and like a huge part of these books is actual functional armor because it is the hill I am willing to die on that <laughs> functional <laughs> armor for women should be a thing, then I, decided to one-up my marketing campaign and got a set of armor. And then once I paid for it once, I'm like, I'm gonna wear this everywhere I can. And my local newspaper has uh, referred to me as local armored woman more than once. My local grocery store knows me because sometimes I go and I buy donuts before an event in the armor and they're like, oh, look, Tahani is selling more books again. That's us. <laughs> so it's been great. I regret absolutely nothing. No, I think that's awesome. Like it, it, it's the memorability <laughs> factor. You know, mm -hmm. if they remember you for something, then they will remember you forever. 
And that's a big thing. It doesn't matter what kind of convention I go to or what kind of fair I sell at. There's a lot of people that come up and like, I've seen you before. I'm like, I know you have. I am everywhere. Even if they don't buy my books, you're going to remember you saw me today. I love that. I love that. Now you've got, let's go back to the book series here real quick. Let me find that image again. Because I just think that's awesome with the armor. (laughs) All right. Which is the first book everyone should be looking at? So the last Faye, the one there on the picture on the far left, and I can hold one up on this here too. The last Faye is the first book in the series. It came out four years ago and it can be read as a standalone, but if you want to see more matriarchal societies and women leading armies and being amazing, I wrote this book because I just wanted to create all of the characters that young me looked for and couldn't find. I'll put it here in front of my face. (laughs) And it turned out I wasn't the only one looking. Like young me looked so much for women in fantasy that weren't damsels in distress, that weren't constantly being saved, that weren't just a love interest. And when I couldn't find enough, I'm like, I'll just start writing my own. And then that's how the Fahey Chronicles started. And I've, I'm so amazed and humbled by how many other people were looking and how much support there's been. So this is the first book in the series, Last Fahey. I absolutely love that. And you're right. You're right. There's a a lot of women who are portrayed as the damsel in need of saving. And I think urban fantasy specifically was a genre that kind of tried to change that and tried to give women, you know, the spotlight and show them as badasses. And I think a lot of us, especially our generation, latched onto that and we're like, yes, you know, it's the next evolution of girl power. Let's show them actually being powerful. Let's show them being capable. Let's get rid of those stupid tropes that you hear about that women can't wield swords because, oh my God, they're so heavy. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. And urban fantasy has done a great job of propelling that forward. I don't personally write urban fantasy, but I can't read enough of it. I love it so much. That's my that, that's my primary genre is urban fantasy and and, and Jane and I we have both written a, a series together uh, mm-hmm. along that line. Um, I've got a bunch along that that genre. Jane, I know you've written a lot of very strong female characters oh, over the years most too. Most of my female characters are yeah. most strong. I mean, even when I did the the uh, fractured fairy tales, my females are strong. <laughs> yep, <laughs> because you know I can't I, I I'm not. I don't like reading about weak females that make really bad choices. Right. You know, yeah. You know, um, it annoys me in life, so I don't see it on the page. And and to, to you know, add on to that, that's not to say we don't have good male characters either. Right. But we don't have to have the male always saving the female. We can have two capable warriors fighting mm-hmm. back to back. That's mm-hmm. a thing. And we can have the female saving the male. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely we have done that before too <laughs> but yeah it, I, I do agree the the our generation i think really latched onto the whole you know give women their power back show a powerful woman show somebody who's capable and you know when you find authors that write that you tend to devour all of their stuff because that's what you've been craving right mm-hmm. now speaking of the armor do you have the weapons to go along with that so for most conventions, they don't let you just walk in with a sword. And we found that out multiple times. <laughs> but I do. Uh, <laughs> Red hair usually is okay with it, as long as it's, it's peace bonded. And if I peace tie, I can usually be fine at the Renaissance festivals. But at the same time, books are heavy enough. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to go back for the sword. So... <laughs> Sometimes if I have to choose between the weapon and the books, I pick the books. But we do, uh, my husband and I, since we both do heavy weapon fighting, and since we're so into that scene, we do have way more weapons and historically accurate weapons and edged weapons than we really need. And I'm sure eventually, after we pass, people are going to come into our house and be like, what What are they doing? And I can't wait for that. Because there's just so many in this house. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that. I, I like shiny pointy things. And I personally, I have, let's see, I have two swords, two steel swords. One is more of a wall hanger. The other one is functional. Um, I have a couple of daggers, throwing knives. Um, I have some wooden sparring swords. <laughs> and that's just me. 
So I, I appreciate having a, a good collection of, of various weapons with which you can actually do things with. If you can only buy one, everybody out there that's thinking about adopting this armor and weapons for great booths and whatnot, if you can only get one, I highly suggest a spear because you can mm. put banners on it if you do not want to use it. And then you have reach as well, which if you play D&D knows is important. <laughs> and it's a much easier to just stick a spear out in front of your booth and it looks great for pictures it actually it's better for visibility than any of your single bladed weapons are going to be hmm. so okay. there you go practical for selling books and bring a spear <laughs> all right well so if you don't have a spear then what's your next favorite weapon of choice i have a really nice dagger that i really like um it has a sheath that matches my armor. It's very nice. But for any of the, if again, since most of what I do is about selling books, it's great for opening boxes and unveiling videos. So I put on my bracers and I put use my dagger and people are like, wow, even when she's just opening a box, she's an armor and they, that's my brand. <laughs> so I love that. I absolutely love that. See, again, marketing done right. You've given something that's very memorable something that is is something you relate to as well it's not you're just playing mm -hmm. it for show you actually like this so it's not just a you know a costume mm -hmm. it's a piece of you that's been put not only into the marketing but into the books i love that <laughs> it, it's hard for authors to figure out you know how to, to properly you know brand their books how to reach out to others and and convey the message so that and i am amazed by how many long-term authors told me I was insane when I started this. The first time I walked into a, a book convention and there's all these people all dressed up all nice and they're wearing pretty sweaters and suits and whatnot. And I'm like, boom. <laughs> and they're like, that's crazy. You should go home and change. And I'm like, I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. We're going to see how it works. And if I get laughed out of here, I might consider that afterward. But everybody stopped in my booth. People that didn't even read fantasy were like, hey, what's going that's on cool. over here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got to see that. If you do write fantasy, people who read fantasy also like fantasy armor. And if they can see you from across a convention center, they're going to come talk to you. So I'm really just trying to convince the entire world to buy armor. Like, that's just my end goal is everyone who has a suit of armor by the end of the day. Come back into style? Yeah. I don't know. I've looked at a few pieces myself I would like to get. Someday. Someday I'll complete mine. <laughs> pieces at a time. Start with the bracers and work your way up. There we go. Exactly. And then, in fact, um, I know we mentioned it last week, but Combat Con is coming back in July, and there's usually some armors that that show up as vendors there, and mm -hmm. start collecting pieces this year because there's yes, a few that I was okay. looking at last year that I would really like to pick up. <laughs> I'm excited, and you'll hear me, guys. I know everybody in the audience. You guys have already heard me say it a couple of times. You will continue to hear me say it until probably July, and then probably afterwards you'll be getting the feedback from the event. Like it but was so honestly, awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's it's oh, it's so good. Anyways, I want to share just a quick short video for those of you out there who have not heard about Combat Con yet, don't know about Combat Con, and wonder what the heck it's all about. So let's see. What an exchange. My name is Jared Kirby and I'm the president of Combat Con. Combat Con is a celebration of martial arts in popular culture by bringing together all kinds of different activities and groups and people. I've really been able to break it down into an event that's all about learning, fighting and playing. We're here and offer a variety of classes and panels and presentations all weekend long. You can be learning and training with some of the best instructors in the world. You can be fighting the entire weekend because we have FEMA tournaments all weekend long. We have a Sabre Legion. Currently we have a classical foil tournament going on. You could spend the entire weekend just fighting in tournaments or in the open fencing area where you could just grab people and fence with people you've never met before. Goal has always been to increase exposure to HEMA and WMA. So we chose Las Vegas because we wanted a destination. We wanted some place that people would want to come and enjoy both the city and the event.
So yeah, that's I happening. Graphic. I like the last graphic. I really do. This one? <laughs> yes, select your player. <laughs> Well, because we're doing the intensives this year, we're doing, you know, the, the four different intensives. We're doing the um, uh, the filmmakers, we're doing the writers, we're doing the Macklemore um, system, which is the tomahawk and knife. Uh, we're doing the stunt actors and each of these four intensives are going to be intensively learning their skill set, but they're also going to be combining to create something at the end of the event that will be shareable and will be just absolutely awesome what we're doing is we're, we're creating almost like a film festival we're making our own films so the writers will be working on our writing skills but we're also going to be writing the scripts that will be filmed and acted during that same weekend so mm -hmm. that it all joins together i'm so excited for this oh my goodness <laughs> me too that, that looks amazing oh, you should i've never heard of this you should come <laughs> they're they're celebrating their 10th year this year which is amazing and um, they're really trying to go big this year. It's it's every year that I've gone and I've been going since about 2017, I think, has gotten better and better. Um, the people that that are the teachers, the instructors, there are awesome. They're all great people. There's various disciplines of fighting. So it's not just swords, but there is there's sword buckler. There's longsword. There's um, fencing. There's rapier. There's all different disciplines of that. But there's also self-defense. There's stunt fighting, learning how to to play fight. Um, like you said, there's open fencing. You can get into you know an open fencing ring and practice if you want to, <laughs> and make new friends by beating them up. I mean, it's it's great. Hey, <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> how helpful. Yes, it is yeah. definitely a weekend worth going to. And then Saturday night they do the time travelers ball. So for those of you who like to get dressed up and and you know show yourself off. It's very fun. It's all times are welcome. So you get people who are like Victorian, punk. Um, you get some of the modern um, dress. It's just, it's such a mix of everything. They really try and incorporate all fighting and pop culture together. And, and I love what they do. Yeah, unfortunately, even, even if we wanted to go, that is the weekend of our friend's wedding. I was just like, yeah, I could, I couldn't talk my husband into it anyway. Oh, but I get I it. I get it. I'm like, that's the wedding. We can't say no to that. <laughs> just plan for next year. Yep, plan exactly. ahead. It's usually either the, the late weekends in August or the early weekend, or sorry, the early weekends in August or the late weekends in July. So it, it tends to fluctuate. But uh, yeah, oh, it's so much fun. And it's right in my backyard because I live in Vegas. So it, it makes it even more easy for me to get to. <laughs> but yeah, for anybody who, who likes to incorporate combat into their writing, this would definitely be a good way to do it. And this, um, for, for the writers there, do they do they have tables where they can sell books as well? Mm -hmm. You know, like a regular con? Okay. Yep. Yep. The yeah. vendors hall is a mix of everything from jewelry to weaponry to tournament gear because there are HEMA tournaments going on all you know all weekend long. Um there's some really cute there's a lady last year who had um she was making armor for teddy bears. At her booth, and it was adorable. She had all these little beanie babies, and she was arming them. <laughs> that is cool. And they have things like you know, Critical Care Comics shows up for that, and you've got some uh, you know costume characters walking around. They welcome people to to come in cosplay. They have LARPing groups come out in the demo ring and wail on each other with the full armor, which is, while it's very loud, it is very entertaining to watch. <laughs> um, they had uh, a few years back, they haven't been the last couple of years, but COVID's kind of shut everything down. Mm -hmm. um, they had the Juggers of the Wasteland, which was the most interesting fighting group I've ever seen. And they look like these big, huge, burly guys, and they're dressed in like post-apocalyptic armor. And they do a, a demo of the of the game that they play. And it's it's so much fun. It's you, you never know what you're going to see, but you always have a good time. And there's a lot of opportunities to learn everything. I think it, they even have yoga for or yoga with long swords, which that's yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> like, I need to do that class I just because I need to do that class. <laughs> and again, for the writers, you know, we talked about it before. You know, if you don't know how to fight or you don't know how um, to show a fight scene, 
getting experience going to classes and learning the techniques or even simply watching as instructors are teaching these techniques is such a helpful thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And that's part of what we incorporate. We have classes that are, you know, sit down and write type classes, but we also have classes where we've got the fight instructors in the room with us and we can pick their brains and see demonstrations and get in there and play act some of those demonstrations ourselves. So if we mm -hmm. feel it, we can translate it to the page. Like I said, I'm talking about this all the way until July. And then even <laughs> so speaking of that, because we're talking about fight scenes and, and you've obviously got women warriors in your book. Yes. How did you approach the combat in your book? For, by the time I actually finished or started writing the last fight, I'd been in heavy weapon fighting for quite a while. I had to so many rabbit holes just in research. I learned, I spent like six months learning how to build and calibrate siege weapons. And then I completely deleted that scene anyway. <laughs> and it, all the knowledge is still back there and I'm hoping to eventually make that fight scene into a different uh, book, but it never made it. But that was just the biggest thing for almost every year, except for one or two, like I was always the only woman in any of our heavy weapon uh, clubs. I, was one of the few women that was LARPing. And I just wanted to nor like to norm normalize. There we go. Norm normalize something that was so common to me. Like I'd always wanted to be a warrior of some sort. And I feel like so many women just don't have that. So I really got into studying how to fight. I got really into studying siege weaponry I never used just to create better fight scenes that I knew that I would enjoy and therefore I thought other women would enjoy as well. And then it turns out that 60% of my readers are male. So I guess everybody likes it and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think women can appreciate or men can appreciate a badass woman who knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you have real world experience with, with the fighting and, and you're able to, um, practice the scenes, obviously, and then translate them as you write them into, into your story. Absolutely. And my husband's a huge part of that because he humors me even when I know he doesn't want to go outside and be like, hold on, we got to figure out this scene. He's like, can you do it in your head? I'm like, I cannot. we got to visually see this <laughs> outside. <laughs> Six feet of snow on the ground. He's oh, like, no. oh, why? <laughs> I but have such a supportive so family. I know. I would never have made it this far without the support I have from my family. Every <laughs> everybody's been behind all my insanity from the beginning. Mm -hmm. You need that though. You need a support structure to to help keep you going. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, have you been able to do any conventions? Obviously, the last two years have been rough. I haven't. I've been able to do a couple of the local ones. Um, the main thing I go through is Renaissance festivals and I had to stop the circuit when COVID started and I haven't been able to rebuild up my Renaissance cir circuit money fund, but my local Renaissance festival, which I'm a board member for is changing venues this year. And this will be the first time that we've had the fair since COVID started. And I'm really, really excited. So here's hoping that the circuit can start again. We'll just build it back up. Oh, fingers crossed. I'm really excited. Now, does your local Renaissance Festival, is it just like a, a, a weekend or do they do like the full season? Like I know some places have like big full season Renaissance Festivals. The Montana Renaissance Festival is only one weekend. It's the first weekend in June. We, for many, for all the last 12 years, we've been doing it at a local zoo, but we've outgrown that venue. So now we're going to a larger venue this year for the first time ever. And I'm very, very excited. So oh, I love Renaissance festivals. We do the same thing. Right. We only have a weekend out here and I love it. It's usually for us. It's the first weekend of October. Mm. And um, I, I absolutely love it. My favorite is to watch or my favorite to watch is the joust. And I always make sure my kids get like right, right up against the gate so they can see everything that's happening. <laughs> and occasionally they, they get to ride the war horses afterwards, which those things are giant. Oh I goodness. love the jousting. Like that's, definitely my favorite part as well so and at this new venue we have a better jousting arena so i'm really excited about it this year oh. 
it's so That's much cool. fun. I wish ours was longer. I know next door to us in Arizona, they have a, the seasonal festivals and someday I'm going to make it out there for that. I was born and raised in Mesa until I moved to Montana when I was in my late teens. So I went to that one every year growing up. So, so you my, know all about it. It's like a I whole do. village. And I remind my parents every time that I go to a new Renaissance festival or ask them to help me with a book con or something. And I'm like, you started this. <laughs> you started this when you brought me to the Arizona Renaissance festival every year. <laughs> now, when I have to find to... some around here. I haven't, I mean, the Northeast is. Eh. What? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I bet that you have so think many that you don't even know about and you're going to love them and it's going to take up your entire life and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they are super fun to go to. Mm. I absolutely love them. But that brings up a logistical question too, because Renaissance festivals, unlike a lot of other book festivals, tend to be outdoors. So you're at the mercy of the elements. Have you ever run into any logistical issues with trying to sell books at festivals like that? Sometimes. Um, I, I've had more issues with extreme heat than extreme cold, which has been a problem especially if you're not used to wearing armor or if you're not used to being outside for that long definitely learn to hydrate ahead of time you'd be amazed at how many people especially at local renaissance festivals get like heat stroke because they're just not used to it mm -hmm. um i now wear a leather breastplate instead because it's a little bit more mo uh, mobility and it's not nearly as hot but i've sunbaked that leather several years in a row so you gotta watch out for things like that as well <laughs> um with snow we live up here in montana so this it's sometimes you'll have a surprise blizzard and you're like well that's not what i was expecting huh. one of the biggest things you have to watch out for is frostbite especially if somebody's wearing chainmail and they're not used to it that's something Ooh. that a lot of people don't think about and Ooh. then they sweat on their chainmail gets slightly wet and they're like now that's attached to your skin that's a problem <laughs> so you gotta do like help people with that but i mean as long as you know ahead of time what the weather's going to be like and hydrate accordingly or keep yourself covered if there's snow you should be okay and there's medical professionals at every run fair knowing that there's a lot of mm -hmm. drinking and sores <laughs> so they're prepared mm -hmm. for everything <laughs> i think the worst issue i've had was i got sat near a mulberry tree and it was very windy and the berries kept plopping down onto my table and staining everything oh, no. mm -hmm. So I have a permanently stained banner from that. Luckily, I was able to save books from, from any permanent damage. But my, my beautiful white banner, the runner for my, my table, is stained in multiple places with red. Cool. <laughs> and that was the worst I've experienced. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's blood. I got some blood on it. <laughs> and that's usually what I'll do to play it off. I'm like, yeah, you know, the last guy won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, just put a put a knife over that part of the table and make let people decide for themselves what happened. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I came from more of a Comic Con background. So I, I'm used to the whole getting dressed up and, and that being just normal. Um, one of my favorite things to do when I do conventions at com uh, Comic Cons is usually to either dress up or chase people around and find the best costumes and you know take pictures all weekend so my instagram tends to become filled with other people's costume pictures the entire weekend and uh, <laughs> the team we call ourselves the league of fantasy authors we all tend to share tables to keep costs low Absolutely. we uh we play cosplay bingo and we make it something that that people can play as well we give them a sheet and you take a picture with different people on the card and if you fill up your card you come back and you get like a discount on books or something Ooh, that's kind of it but that's we we cool make we make a thing out of it because you know we lean into you know what you're doing if you're at a fantasy convention lean into that fantasy you know yeah. have fun with it don't be afraid to do that because that again it's memorable that's the best kind of marketing because you're not trying too hard you're doing something you actually would do anyways right yeah no just the if you're excited, the people there with, that see you are going to be excited as well. And again, being remembered is one of the best things you can possibly do in any brand. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and again, when it's genuine, that's even better because you're not trying. You're just <laughs> doing what, what comes natural. 
I know um, when I do conventions, again, I think I chase people around with the costumes because I'm fans of the same stuff they're fans of. And they're literally wearing their fandom out for everyone to see. Yeah. And yep. so I end up finding people who share the same fandoms as I do and spending hours upon hours talking to them. I, I get laughed at by my table mates because I will spend hours talking to people about fandoms rather than trying to sell my books and meanwhile they're doing you know the sales and stuff and i'm just like over here going so dr who <laughs> <laughs> but again you have fun and i've actually made quite a few sales because of being genuine and sharing then i, I then the used car approach which is I, nothing against used car salesmen but it kind of feels like that when you're at a convention and you're like oh hey here's my book hey try my book out hey read this Mm -hmm. especially yeah. at conventions where such a large percentage of the booths are there specifically selling the same thing that you're selling conventions mm -hmm. can be really difficult so you have you might as well just have fun and have an actual genuine conversation if somebody's going to buy a book they're going to buy a book but having a conversation is is real and something that people are looking for we've got a question Margaret says, I wonder what to wear next weekend to a black tie art auction. Tempted to cosplay because it's dress up and that's my default. Um, black tie, you could go really fancy if, if that's your thing. I, I like mm -hmm. that. Definitely your shiniest breastplate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, have that polished. I want to see my face shining in it. <laughs> yeah, I just picked up um, the final piece to my um, what I'm going to wear to the Time Traveler's Ball. For this year so i've got this beautiful corset that i cannot wait to throw it all together um so i can look badass but also you know girly feminine and badass mm -hmm. <laughs> but i don't have black tie shiniest breastplate <laughs> yes <sighs> you're telling me margaret you don't have fancy schmancy clothes i think you do sequins oh. yeah yeah, yeah honestly, much. anything that like activates the crow brain is gonna be fine. That's right, shiny. Yeah, mm -hmm. shiny mm -hmm. sequins, shiny earrings. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sorry, I, I yeah, pushed my computer by accident. All of sparkly things. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what did you say again? Not that art historical. Well, what's the actual? It's an art auction, black tie art auction cosplay. It sounds like you could wear literally anything and they would be like, yes, on brand. What kind of art is being auctioned? Let's let's ask that because that'll give us an idea of the theme. If it's, you know, abstract art, if it's historical art, if it's, um, you know, nature scenes, what, what kind of art are we looking at? Is it going to be something avant-garde? Because you could really go crazy with that. <laughs> But also, again, back to what we were saying before, be comfortable in your own skin. So don't yes. wear something that you're not going to be comfortable in because that's going to show. But lean into it if it's your personality. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like the sequence idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been watching. We were, we've been watching this Dolly Parton special all day on the television. It's been on the background while I was writing. My husband was watching it. And she's like the queen of sequins, <laughs> the queen of flashy. <laughs> it's not cosplay, it's a fancy benefit auction for HIV AIDS fundraising, caretaking. Other than that, don't know, guest, okay? And Anita um, says, take the historical and add some modern accessories. Oh, I like yeah, that. I like that. It's a, fa it's a fancy benefit sequins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. You can't go wrong. I don't know if this like applies, but I brought this shirt because it had some glitter on it for five dollars at Ross yesterday. So I feel like you can get anything you want anywhere in New York. I've got it. I've got it. Silver sheath dress. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can't go wrong like with that. that. With, with heels, and mm -hmm. I can't find heels, but <laughs> I wear a size two shoe. <laughs> children's too so yes finding heels is a difficult task for me <laughs> all right so margaret says she's got an idea thank you anita for yes. the suggestion i like the the historical add modern touches go dolly in all cases yes, yes. <laughs> words to live by when in question go dolly yep <laughs> go big or go home 
Oh. Yeah, that was one thing I never could get into was wearing dresses. I, I've never been a dress person. I've never felt comfortable in dresses. I, I always have to, you know, glam up in some kind of pants because I just yeah. don't well, like Now I do because, dresses. you know, the hips. <laughs> but, but yes, I had... I have some dresses and oh yeah, that I love to wear. <laughs> I <laughs> to, sometimes the brain activates and I'll be like, I want to dress up in like the fairy elven gowns yes. at Renaissance Festival. But one, I am built like a dwarf from the Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings, and I will I will push that <laughs> as far as it will go. <laughs> I will eventually be cast in something. So I wear the I dwarven armor and I'm like, I'm only five foot. Yes. We're all short. This is perfect. <laughs> sometimes I look at all the elven pretty fairy stuff. I'm like, oh, I could definitely pull that off. And then you like, but then you, you put on the armor, on and that's the best thing you can do. So, yeah, I like the armor idea. Miles of fabric under your feet. Okay, true story. I don't sew. True story. My daughter bought a dress online. Mm -hmm. It didn't fit her. She's like, "Mom, you want to try it?" Sure. It is a fairy princess tool everywhere, corseted top, and God, did it look pretty? And then I put it on, and my youngest daughter, who will not mince words. She will tell you straight up. She looks and says, Mom, <laughs> that just does not look good on you. <laughs> I did find a place that the, the dress I wore to my daughter's wedding was completely um, um, custom made. And it was like like 120 bucks. What? <laughs> it was like it was like freaking ridiculous. <laughs> For custom, was, that's actually cheap. Right? Yeah, I mean, but it was a beautiful, I don't know if you remember the pictures of the wedding, but it was a beautiful blue dress that was fitted and everything. And the only thing I did have to get um, altered were the straps to the dress because mm. they were just a little too loose. Yeah. So, you know, they just altered them. And, you know, hell, if, if Vicky had been, you know, her wedding planner self, she would have just pinned it up. <laughs> My daughter's a wedding planner. So, yeah. The first four years that I did Renaissance festivals, I didn't have armor yet, and I wore my wedding dress because mm -hmm. it was Renaissance themed. And yeah. we brought the sword that my husband and I jumped over when we got married because we've been into this Renaissance thing for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> this was already our entire personality before we even started writing. And I know that a lot of people like preserve their wedding dress after. And mine is still in the back of my closet. It's now got like grass stains on the bottom and like so many stains from different memories of different events we've done in this wedding dress. And I love it. So if you guys ever find a dress that you're like, man, this is great. I want more people to see me in this. Like, I think that you can find a reason to make that work. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Sorry. <laughs> I, did, I didn't preserve my wedding dress to honey. I wore it to two two Halloween parties afterwards and my mom's red I love it. <laughs> it's now gone because when I moved, I'm just like, I'm not saving this. <laughs> I went into the dumpster with, with tons of other shit from the house. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was just like wearing your wedding dress multiple times. I don't know. I think is a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not for not. Not for I, mean, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot understand justifying an expensive purchase if I can't use it multiple times. So if, mm -hmm. if yep, it just doesn't make sense mm -hmm. to me. I'm like, why am I going to spend that much? No, I'm going to get use out of it. Damn it. Mm -hmm. And there are very few outfits that I own that I feel truly special in. And so I'm going to wear those as often as I possibly can. I will wear yeah. armor to the grocery store if I'm having a day where I need to feel cool. So, <laughs> so yeah, find if you have a wedding dress and you love it, I feel like at least half of you listening right now, that wedding dress costs more than your car. So definitely find more reasons to use it. <laughs> Go wear it somewhere beautiful. Halloween parties are good. <laughs> Where's that art auction? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never, I'm, I guess I'm a cheapskate though. But I've never 
ever understood the idea of, of an expensive dress for one single occasion and that's it. Yeah. Mine, mine wasn't expensive either. So, but it was, it wasn't, it was what I wanted at the time. My I daughter's think... wasn't expensive, thankfully. I mean, her alterations cost more than the dress because she got it on uh, sale. She's, she's, I don't yep. know where she gets it. She doesn't get it from me, but she's a very sale oriented child. <laughs> she goes and looks for the sales and the bargains and, and negotiates. <laughs> I like her. I really like her. <laughs> Your daughter. Yeah. yeah she's, she's a go-getter. She's organized. I love that. Yes. Wonder yeah. where she got that from. <laughs> I don't know. Two overachieving parents. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, she's, she's very much a combination of us, I guess. That's good. All the good parts, right? Okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely is totally what she just said. Yes. Of course. <laughs> she got the crazy, my son got the calm, okay? <laughs> yep, yep, that yes, happens. Highly, highly organized, highly detailed, and, and highly a negotiator for everything. <clears throat> that's good that's if really there's good. something you want negotiated call her <laughs> <laughs> that's never been my strong point i mm. i usually i my my ex-husband was the one who i would always give to customer service people to talk to because he would have a way of talking to them where he could get them to listen whereas me i guess i just go straight into karen mode and nobody wants to listen to that so mm. Yeah, it's not intentional. It's just I don't have time for bullshit. I suck at negotiations. That's me. That's me. Just fix it. It shouldn't have been done in the first place. I'd be a horrible oh. hostage negotiator. Get on the phone. What do you want? Fuck that. We're not doing that. Deal up. Don't waste my time. I don't care. But actually, I am a good good car pricing negotiator. I have done wonders with that so maybe she does get it from me okay <laughs> i feel like i'm better at negotiating if i'm wearing armor I, probably. <laughs> probably. I haven't really practiced it another way but i feel like it's a mood booster well you know it's right. the whole power suit idea you know when you put on the suit and you feel you know a little powerful mm -hmm. confident you can hold your head up high and walk in with that confidence i'd say that works yeah the, i think the that car, we, yeah Oh, go ahead, I think that we all wear our outfits and our styles and our makeup, or if you wear makeup, as mm -hmm. a, a kind of armor. That's the thing that protects you from the outside. Mm -hmm. I just take it a step forward and be like, <laughs> actual armor. But that's just, I don't know. Every, I think whatever style you have going for you, as long as it makes you feel comfortable, that's going to help you in the real world in a thousand different ways just because people can see other people that are genuine. Mm -hmm. And we, we've circled back to that whole being genuine thing again. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's very true that whole being yourself, if you can, if you can embrace who you are and what you like and use that to go forward and create or to sell or to, you know, do what you need to do, then it, it doesn't become as hard as the marketing that we try to do for our books you know, all the advice that we get. And, right. and that can also explain why some things work for some authors and some things don't because mm -hmm. there's that element of, are you being genuine? True. True. So it is hard to, to, it is hard to peddle our wares, <laughs> you know, <laughs> put it that way. You know, I, I'm much better saying, well, I only want to pay X for that. Instead of saying buy my book, <laughs> you know. No, that's fair. <laughs> and 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 you know, it's it's harder to turn the tables and and try to be genuine about it. You know, like like buy it, buy it, buy it. Isn't it pretty? Buy it. <laughs> but but it's like no, it's a good story. <laughs> you know, it's just like okay, let's see what you have. Show me what you have. That's for me. You know, yep, show me. Yep. What, selling and stuff like that Standing especially up on the top of the hill is not fun <laughs> unless you're an armor right 
yes. everything's fun if you're in armor. Exactly. Especially with fantasy authors specifically. I, I try to convince new fantasy authors, like, go try all the things that you were embarrassed to try in high school. Like, go try heavy weapon fighting. Go try finding local LARPers, uh, live action role play. Go to your local Renaissance fair dressed up as as dressed up as you want to be. Like, all the things that excite you, go do that because you're going to meet other people that like the same things as you do. So worst case scenario, you end up with some good relationships that are just nice in the real world with a secondary bonus as friends that like the same things as you will often buy your books. Mm -hmm. It's a long game. But mm -hmm. just having real connections with people that enjoy the same things as you is going to make you a more fulfilled human, I think. And mm -hmm. oftentimes a better writer because it gives you a chance to explore those things even more once you're no longer afraid of whatever judgments there might be. That's absolutely wonderful point. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I miss the Ren Fair. Margaret, they don't have Ren Fair where you're at? Oh, all maybe miss Ren Fair. East Coast thing. Maybe the East Coast just doesn't understand Ren Fair. I the last two years cut a lot of stuff out. That's yeah. true. That's that's very true. Yeah, but, I mean, even before that, were, was Ren Fair popular on that side of the country? I don't know. I hmm. I don't know. I it was nothing that I ever did. So I feel like you would take to a Ren Fair like fish to oh, water. I, like my heart hurts for you. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be fun, um, but I don't even know any that are around. That I'm I'm sure some of the people who are around here who know. Well, Mel contact me and say, did you know about this? Did you know about that? But you know, oh, Oregon like, has yeah. a couple of great ones. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. uh, Jane, I'm doing everything I can not to just Google Ren Fairs next to you right now. Ah, I, will, I know, I know. We're I, done. I'm looking, I'm looking at my phone. My phone is in the corner here. And I'm like, don't touch, don't touch. Don't do it, don't do it. Until afterwards. <laughs> And if I know that I've been talking about armor quite a bit and dressing up, if you've never been to a Renaissance festival, I want to make sure you know that you can go in normal clothing. Like if that's the thing that's holding you back, mm -hmm. don't let it do it. You can buy clothing there if you really want to. Mm -hmm. But I I met a lot of people, especially since I started this working with this Ren Fair in my town, that they thought they had to be dressed up to go. And so they were just missing the coolest thing every year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, stop it. Come it's fine. Come over here. <laughs> so if you're afraid of that, don't be afraid of that. And no, if you're afraid of being judged, I assure you that everyone else there is weirder than you are. Yeah, most most of them, yeah. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. yeah. In a fun, weird way. And when you do stop and talk to people, you get to see that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as a vendor, kind of oh, there's a vendor that I always love stopping by called Damsels in Distress. Ooh, love it Ooh. i love puns <laughs> actually i hate puns don't <laughs> but they have all of you can like completely kit yourself out right there so a lot of the bigger run fairs you can rent an outfit for the day oh, even nice. better that's nice if you want to try some things out try it without the commitment people? because there's a lot of pieces to put together even just for like a regular dress oh uh, i lifted up my arms so I can show you guys my new bracers and I'm not wearing them and I'm really disappointed in myself at the moment. <laughs> Next time I'll show you guys. I got so excited and then I was like, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I live in Connecticut. I mean, New Hampshire. Oh my yeah, God. You're not in Connecticut. I do not know where. <laughs> I'm sure there's one within driving distance of New Hampshire. We'll find it and we'll let you know. Yeah. New Hampshire in the winter and, and Maine in the summer. So. All right. We'll there's find something. you a Ren We'll make yeah. sure you get to go. It used to be Connecticut. And Connecticut, you know, I'm sure they had them. Massachusetts must, but, you know. Who knows? <laughs> Even if it's just a weekend thing, because the weekend ones can be fun too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It doesn't have to be the full seasonal ones. The weekend ones yeah. are, are definitely <clears throat> fun to go to. It's worth stopping in and you know, wandering around. Just mm -hmm. just for a day. Wander around, see what you see, look at the vendors, see all the, the different shows they put on. It, it's it's very interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> New yes. Hampshire. No idea. No, Maryland is big. So there's Maryland has a huge yes. one. Yeah, it could just be the Northeast. 
<laughs> the stuffy Northeasterners. <laughs> I think no. it's just hidden. You just have to find it. Yes, I'm sure. I also, I might be making this up, but I feel like the states on that side of the country are a lot closer and smaller than ours. Like, it takes me 45 minutes to get out of my driveway because mm. <laughs> I live in Montana. Yeah, and and apparently in the east, like, back east, you can just, <laughs> just for 45 minutes, mama. be in a different state. And that's so weird to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It takes two hours to get from end to end in Connecticut. <laughs> At least New Hampshire's a little bit taller. There are farms out here that are all bigger than that. Probably. <laughs> oh, I love it. My computer was almost a uh, oh no casualty of spitting water. I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the highlight of my career. Twenty-five minutes to get on my driveway, and I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's to be our goal now: is to find Jane a a rent fair to go to so she can experience it. Yeah, yeah. this seems absolutely like a very important goal for us to hit. <laughs> You'll love it. It has to be on the weekend because I work during the week. Okay. <laughs> Which could be part of the problem is I'm at work. Uh, who knows? Rent fairs are things. almost always on yeah. the weekends as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're usually probably. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you have the the you yeah. might miss the Friday, but the Saturday and Sunday you should be able to at least right. pop by. Yeah. All right, we'll find you one. That's the goal. And then we've got to find her an outfit. Yes, as I sit here having a hot flash. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Look like, at this. Look at this. Anita's already on the Google. There we go. According to Google, there is a New Hampshire Ren Fair in Fremont in May. I have no idea That's where like Fremont is. A month away. Yeah. I mean, how far can how far away can it be in New Hampshire? <laughs> Is it two hours? Is it forty five minutes away? I don't we'll know. But, Look at yeah. that. See, ask and the internet delivers. Thank you, Anita. What about Maine? And Margaret too. Both of them came up with it. Yep. <laughs> Fremont might be way up north. <laughs> I'm looking. Hold on. See, now we're all invested in getting you to go. Right. <laughs> trying to find out how way up north, how far away yeah. that is in New Hampshire speak. Oh, and then and then after word. that, we need to figure out how to get everyone to go to Combat Con so you can come visit me in Vegas. Yeah, I would love to do that. <laughs> it's in a couple of months. Tickets just went on sale. You don't have to do the intensives. You could just get like a warrior pass and go. <laughs> well, it's it's down in southern New Hampshire. And it's probably closer to our place in Maine than we oh. where we are now. <clears throat> she's she's getting so the maps out. This is this is happening. Yes, I did. I did I did that. However, in May, it better not be the weekend of the twenty first. <laughs> What's happening that weekend? Garth Brooks concert. Oh. Mm -hmm. I already put it on the calendar. I think that's Phoenix Com Comic Con weekend. No. Maybe it's the weekend after. I've got to look because I know yeah. I'm out for that one. I'm yeah. finally getting to go back. It's been almost three years. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Can't wait. <clears throat> I'm so excited to actually get out of the house and do these events again because I, I was talking to a friend of mine that it there's a, an inspiration you kind of get by being around other people that you share your fandoms with. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. It, it just it perks your spirit back up and it gets you excited again to want to create and I've missed that. Yeah. So I need this. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't been. Well, I haven't been. I have never been a vendor at a comic con, and you know the the last one we went was in Rhode Island, and you know I keep promising my son at some point I'll take him to the one in San Diego, but. That's not going to be for uh, a while because <laughs> now, now we're just going to go on a cruise instead <laughs> in next March. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one thing, another. Slowly, we'll get you into it. We'll get you to doing all the fun events. Mm -hmm. Oh, I still want to go back to Alaska and go sled dog riding because we were supposed to do a helicopter ride and sled dogging, and then the wind winds came up and we didn't get to go. Oh. 
And we were both really excited about that. <laughs> you so. need to do all the fun stuff. I need to like live vicariously through you. Well, we <laughs> didn't get to do that. So <laughs> you're planning to do it again though. So hopefully, yes. Hopefully, yes. We're looking at that as well. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, all right. Since we are coming down to the last five minutes of the hour, let's talk about what you're doing over the the next year. Do you have events that you're going to be going to where readers can find you? Do you have anything uh, special planned? Any book releases? I'm hopefully going to be doing the Renaissance Renaissance Festival circuit here up in uh, Montana and maybe the Pacific Northwest. We'll see how that goes. i don't have any book releases this year. Like my entire life has been based around the Fire Chronicles for so long. And now that that is complete and the series is actually over, I'm a little bit paralyzed by choice. So I'm writing a bunch of different things and we'll see what happens where I end up going. But I probably won't get anything out into the world this year. Okay. That's all right. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how about any events that uh, you can attend this year other than the Ren Fair? Do you have any book festivals? Any. Oh, I don't know. Any Comic Cons? Any? <laughs> so, if you're here in Montana, I've got the Billings Book Festival coming up. Uh, MizCon is coming up in Missoula. I'm really excited about that one. Uh, obviously, my home Renaissance Festival that I personally am such a huge part of is the first weekend of June, and it's moved to Red Lodge instead of being at the Zoo Montana. Which, if you guys don't live in Montana, this doesn't mean anything to you. But, but for those of you who do, it's at Red Lodge this year, and we're very excited about the new venue. And that's everything I have right now. I'm really excited that things are starting to open up again, but it's been so long that I'm, I kind of have to restart everything. Mm-hmm. Got to learn how to do it all over again. Right. Yep. And how about you, Jane? What's on the agenda for the next few months for you? This series. This series, this, this is a so awesome pretty. Thing. Yes, it, it, it is phenomenally beautiful in person. When I, yep, there you go. This series is this year. Um, and on Tuesday, that book comes out, and I'm having a Facebook group um, takeover party that I'm actually really excited about. I've got a bunch of authors coming on, so we have giveaways galore. One of them is that, and, and some surprises. So I have some surprises coming um, that will go in a box and, and get sent out with a signed book for one winner. So how exciting. <laughs> yep. Come find me on my wicked trip keepers. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's this week. So I'm kind of like in, in release mode, which mm-hmm. I haven't done. Well, I have done huge releases, but they kind of flopped. And Tahani and I kind of know <laughs> know some of that, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, this is mostly me. <laughs> it's gonna go well. I'm really I'm excited for you. And and for those of you who didn't catch last week's episode of Spilling Ink, we do have all of the links in the notes. So go back to that episode, check out the show notes, and every link that we talked about is in there. So all the, the book marketing, cheap, free, and inexpensive um, options for you are there so you can easily find it. Yes. And I thank everybody who piped in on that because it was helpful as well. <laughs> yep. Even being in the business for as long as we have, we're still learning new things because the market's constantly changing and evolving. Yes. And new tools are coming out and, and such. such. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but (laughs) up until uh, Combat Con actually starts, I'm going to be helping to promote it because I am one of the leads on the writer's track this year. So we have four different intensive tracks that are going to work together to not only give you an intensive education on that specific track, but to create something that you will be able to be proud of by the end of it. So if you are thinking about it, check out combatcon.com. Look at the options they have available. You don't have to do the intensives. You could just sign up to go. You can sign up a la carte for classes if you think that there's some classes that are interesting. Or you can just go for the experience because that's also pretty fun too. So I, I'll be doing a lot of promotion for this. I'm working in the background on getting the curriculum set up for the writers to figure out what we're teaching and um, how we're going to incorporate all of the overlapping that's going to happen. 
but I'm super excited. And uh, yeah, that, that's my life for the next few months. <laughs> All right. Well, we are done for this week, everybody. I thank you for hanging out with us and we'll be back again soon with more fun conversation. Everybody take care. Thank you.